This is the second part to the interview with Dr. James Littles. In this segment, he will speak more about first and second chair leaders and their role in the missional purpose of the church. Make sure you listen to the whole segment. At the end, Dr. Littles offers a great prayer for any first or second chair leader out there that might be listening. Enjoy. And uh, that really leads me to where I want to land with you today, because obviously the focus of this podcast is to help churches with leadership, uh, specifically uh, at the second chair level. Uh, A lot of churches maybe listening today uh, are still at that place where they just have a first chair leader, a senior pastor, and they're hoping to grow to where they need to add staff. Maybe other churches are listening and they already have staff. How, How can churches really benefit from the leadership of second chairs? whether they're second chairs yet to be hired or already on staff? Very great, uh, very good question. To me, when we look back with a more biblical understanding of the doctrine of the Spirit and the doctrine of the church, we understand that God in His wondrous wisdom places members in His body for the purpose and His design in the body. When we see the vast majority of examples of leadership in the book of Acts, there are always multiple leaders in place. When we see Ephesians 4 model, uh, whether you count it as a fourfold or a fivefold ministry, seems like multiple members of that team. I think it's God's gift to us that he doesn't make any of us gifted in all spiritual gifts or all leadership skills. Uh, frequently, the gift of the prophet is not a very good skill set for the gift of a bishop administrator. Mm -hmm. Seems like different lenses are needed, different gifts are needed. In the Old Testament, you had the prophets and you had uh, the priests and you had the kings or the judges, and you also had the sages, wise men and women. Multiple kinds of leadership that are needed. In the New Testament, we see the same thing. It's There's something about leaders who know their value and place in the body. Second chair leaders, I think, can bring a willingness to the table that says, I am here for such a time as this. And from my perspective, uh, and I'll just let you know up front, a vast majority of my 30 years in ministry has been in second chair positions. I have pastored for like four or five years in Western New York. Before that, I was assistant and a co-pastor. After that, uh, none of my ministry has been first chair leadership. Mm. Sometimes I'm third and fourth chair, and sometimes I feel like I'm driving from that emergency door in the back of the bus. Uh, so most of my life has been in second, uh, secondary or tertiary chairs. But I find a great gift in that in saying, okay, Jim, uh, this is why God's led you in this way at this time. Uh, you have an opportunity to have influence in a certain level. Second chair leaders have a recognition that I may not be at this time called to be senior pastor, calling the shots, so to speak. But I am called to uh, fit organically into the body, not pulling against the pastor, but pulling with the pastor. And my gifts better not be the same ones as the senior pastor. Mm. If they are the same gifts, uh, we're going to have an anemic body. uh, Because the body's not going to be led well or fed well, if you're talking about preaching and teaching. And the body's not going to be able to face the challenges that are in front of it because everyone's going to be seeing through the exact same sets of lenses. 
to me, the, the church that is able to meet its mission in that local setting is the church with multiple leaders fitly joined together, prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, all those leadership pieces, everybody comfortable, if you will, in their own skin. Mm. And, I, and I really pray, Matthew, that each and every one of us recognize we are tremendously gifted by God, that those gifts in and of themselves are inadequate and will fail if they're trying to support themselves. I've never yet seen a one-legged tripod, okay? <laughs> and I've not yet seen a body function well that doesn't have heart and doesn't have lungs and doesn't have kidneys and doesn't have, and on and on the organ list goes. Mm -hmm. The largest organ in the human body isn't one we pay attention to unless we get melanoma. Our Good largest point. organ is skin. Uh, we ask which is most important. We'll talk about the brain or we'll talk about the heart or the lungs, but really the largest one is the skin. And in the body, if we can help every member of that congregation know that they are there, gifted with the Spirit for a specific purpose and design, and talking about second chair leaders who don't see the need to take over. I have to pray, Matthew, in my own life, I have to pray from time to time, Lord, deliver me from an Absalom spirit. Because sometimes I've, well, in most of my ministry, I've had more degrees and more experiences than the person who's the first chair leader. Right. If I am not careful, the enemy wants to get in my spirit, stand by the door and say, if I were in charge now, this is what I would do. And those are times I have to go back to the altar and say, Lord, forgive me. Mm -hmm. If you wanted me to be the primary leader, you would have made me that. For whatever reason I am here, it is not my job to be an Absalom. So, uh, listening to you say that, the last question I want to ask you is, uh, is it possible that some churches are sending the wrong message to their second chair leaders by not utilizing their leadership really for missional purposes? I, I think, Matthew, part of it is sometimes we adopt leadership and understanding of organizations from the world. Okay. I mean, and it goes back a very long way. This is not a new thing. Jesus had to talk to his disciples. Remember, he's breaking the bread, which he's talking about his own bodies getting ready to get ripped apart. And he's pouring out the wine, which he's talking about his own blood flowing on the ground. And what's their question? Uh, can we have the primary chair and the secondary chair? <laughs> he's talking about the salvation of the world, and they're fighting over who gets the secondary chair. Right. Who gets the primary <laughs> chair? So this is not a new problem that we face today. This is a human problem, which we have to constantly come back. And for me, what helps me make sense in a world today is either a primary or secondary or tertiary <laughs> leader is to realize that the leader is not in the congregation for the congregation to make the leader's ministry effective. I'm there as a primary leader, as a secondary leader, to make the congregation effective. Mm, good. So secondary chairs in some ways are more gifted than primary chairs because they can perhaps more quickly go down the ladder. Say, Lord, uh, how am I here to help uh, the leadership transmit their skills into the congregation so that the congregation can do its ministry in the world today? So secondary chairs have tremendous linkage possibility, uh, linkage possibility between that visionary pastor's leadership and the congregation, that linkage uh, whether you're talking about a transmission of an automobile, yeah. whether you're talking about key links in a chain that's holding the anchor to a tremendous ship, those links are vital. And a secondary chair member who doesn't understand their own value, or the primary chair who doesn't stand the value of that linkages, is not going to be able to experience 
the strength that that congregation needs for whatever time of transition they're going through. It's been really good, and you put some uh, topics on the table that uh, today, whether the listener is a first chair leader or a second chair leader, I pray that they've heard your heart and uh, what I believe the heart of the Spirit calling us to uh, maybe uh, that redefinition, repioneering of ourselves that is more aligned with Scripture rather than corporate world. I want to ask you in conclusion uh, if you'd be willing to pray for the listeners today uh, as maybe they walk away from this podcast and feel a little bit of the challenge that uh, your words have brought to them today. Very good. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we celebrate today the work that you are doing in your body. This is not our church. It is your church. And it exists for one reason alone, and it has a temporary mission. Temporary mission beginning perhaps at Pentecost and ending on the day when you call us home without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. Pray right now, Lord Jesus, that everyone listening to this podcast and going about their leadership work, realize that you have gifted them with the Spirit for such a time as this. We will face challenges that we don't know how to negotiate. We will face crises which threaten our existence. And in those moments, we will cry out, Lord, don't you care that we perish? And we know that you do care. Oh, Lord, I want to follow up that with the next question. What manner of man is this? Or what manner of God is this? What manner of Redeemer is this that calls the church in this hour in a world going through radical change? I pray right now, Lord, for a listener perhaps who is under stress of change in their own uh, individual life, their marriage, their family. I pray right now that you give comfort. I pray that you bring shelter in the middle of the storm to know that this storm is not about them. It's about those on Gadara that you're sending them to care for. I pray for those, Lord, that have maybe just come through a storm and feel bruised and battered by the storm and wondering, can they trust again that this next period of peace will hold? I pray, Lord, that you give them a new energy and vibrancy of the Spirit that calls them to be able to pray one more time, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray also for that senior uh, leader that perhaps is facing retirement years and wondering, Lord, uh, I thought that you would come by now. What's my life worth at this point? I pray for that leader now that they be able to value and recognize the work that you have done in their lives. And now stand with Aphenius or stand with a Moses in front of a Jordan River, or stand with elders uh, like Peter in his epistles, speaking to the younger leaders, giving them permission to face the tomorrow with strength and confidence, knowing that they too are gifted by the Spirit for such a time as this. Lord, we thank you that you've plugged us into one body with one purpose, with one design, and we anticipate the day that you call us home. We ask all these things in the name, the name that we were baptized, the name in which we pray, and the name which we worship, the name of Jesus. Amen. That's all for now. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. I look forward to the next time whenever I can pull my chair up next to your chair and we can continue the conversation about second chair leadership.